swords and candle art to spark souls and charge souls to cross roads and bandits are catacombs and giant doors protect the chest of stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron it's ores. a grand theft of elk scrolls simon's quest the tone earl rock shoes to every clue keeps the exit gaming news the potus needs some bad dudes to crash crew like bandicoot all shit a game in english control nations Control issues. Yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes y'all. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. You can find us at control-issues.com. That dash is a hyphen. So get hype with it. Get hyphy with it. Also, go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be, and download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, five stars. It's Control Issues. Make sure you get that in your life. Go to Twitter. My control issues is the handle and go to twitch.tv slash control issues pod where we put up gameplay videos for your viewing pleasure. AMC, how you living? Living well, my man. Uh man, it's uh I was gonna say in comparison to last week, LA is you know it's a little more bearable. Not yeah. not, not as, as sweltering <laughs> as it was. Got a little got a little drizzle during the week. That was yeah, nice. a little bit, a little bit. We got a little wet, yeah. <laughs> got some seaweed <laughs> on your tail. <laughs> uh, other than that, um, yeah, things have been good. Finally, he watched um, Suicide Squad. And your uh, thoughts? Yeah, uh, we enjoyed it. Marissa and I both uh, we we gave it two thumbs up. Uh, thought it was funny. Thought it was silly. Enjoyed the action. Enjoyed the cast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was yeah. It was just it was a fun movie. Um, you enjoyed I didn't, kaiju. <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> right, right when that, right when Staryu or what is it, Staro, <laughs> Staryu, Staro like broke out of Yodenheim and just started going kaiju on the city. That was absolutely amazing. <laughs> so hilarious. And then uh, who was a polka dot man? <laughs> polka dot man was dope. <laughs> and whoever that woman was playing his mother, like she she played a big role in that film. <laughs> oh, she definitely deserves like what is it like cameo of the year? Right? Yeah, <laughs> like she needs to be a cameo in every. She's she's the new Stanley. She should be DC Stanley. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. Yeah, I uh, we really enjoyed it. Um, like we didn't have any complaints and I, I guess I, maybe we, I had measured my expectations just being that, you know, people were like, Oh, it's good. Like uh, definitely better than the first suicide squad, but like, but. Was, uh, like whatever, uh, what is it? Uh, Guardians of the galaxy, maybe not, not, at, not at that level yet or not at that level. Uh, I thought it was really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it was like, I almost felt like it was just different just being the fact that it was, clearly an r-rated movie so they were just just doing whatever they want they're they're just dicks oh, everywhere yeah. so many so many dicks <laughs> like, um and yeah it just had that that james gunn like sense of humor of like like just that one point where they're just taking out everybody like i remember marissa like commenting like it's like these people are like having coffee and like brushing their teeth like what's going on here yeah and then <laughs> Like, yeah. <laughs> the, the commander's like wait you, you didn't run into any of my soldiers like uh, n- nah <laughs> <laughs> you killed my entire family <laughs> see this is the problem with americans 
Oh man, over there competing for best kill. Yeah, and John, uh, and John Cena was uh, he was awesome. I'm like, he I'm, was great. He's an excellent addition to the DCEU. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, spoiler alert to whatever they end up doing with him. <laughs> yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, it was um, I, I really enjoyed it. How, how was your week, dude? Uh, not too bad. Currently fighting off a food coma to bring people the hotness, the news of the week. Um, didn't do much, played the hell out of what I've been playing, which we'll get to in a bit, you know, cleaned up a bit. Nothing really special, man. Just working, working out, messed up my wrist a little bit. So I actually got to take a week or two off. I'm not too happy about that. Hopefully I don't, I don't get all pudgy on you. I don't want my voice getting all, <laughs> I don't want to get all Rick Ross trying got to breathe on the track <laughs> yeah still uh, you still getting in them walks uh, at least yeah always getting in the walks but I mean I, I gotta do something else for the next two weeks I probably gotta go back to the runs I was just getting ready to add those back into the routine but this wrist just isn't getting any better spoke to the dudes at the, at the boxing gym and like, well, it's not a fracture, so just stay off of it for a couple weeks. Buy some CBD, get some ointment. Nah, nah, those days are behind me. Get get some tussin. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Pour it all in the bone. <laughs> oh man, it's rock, baby. Yeah, I hope he does another special. Uh, I can't wait. Um, well, let's get right into it, A Dub. What have you been playing this week? Well, you know, I escaped. From Hades once, and I was like, you know what? I, I think I think I got my fill. I did what I needed to do here. I'm gonna move on. However, <laughs> I, I reemerged from the River Styx back into the Great Hall before my father, and I was like, yeah, I'm gonna keep doing this. So yeah, I just be against my responsibilities and my desires for what I want to do with my adult life in the short term in order to just get myself on a higher level. I've been playing a few runs of Hades every day. Uh, every, feel, every day? Every day. Uh, I, <laughs> I feel terrible about it. But the game is so good. It's, yeah, it's, 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 undi- awesome. it's undeniable. I mean, we it's had our, awesome. we had our whole conversations about like game of the year, yada, yada, but we don't have to get into that, but like Hades, I understand. Like, that's what I was saying. When I played it, I completely understood why people said it was game of the year. It wasn't like one of those fluke things where it's like, nah, people were on some bullshit when they voted for this game. Like, once you play Hades, you're like, no, this game is absolutely amazing. (laughs) It's legit. Like, Supergiant knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah. um, So, question. When you played through Hades, did you ever bother to unlock the hidden aspects of the weapons? Yes, I did it with the... uh, did you get the uh, the gun yet? I got the gun, so that's okay. what gave me. Oh yeah, yeah, that's what. Yeah. Yes, yes. So I I basically used it on that one, on that weapon. Yeah, you got the hidden gun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I used the. Uh, I think it's basically if I explode myself with the mortar, it ups my attack, and so like, it, gives, <laughs> it gives me wings. And so I was just basically intentionally running into my own mortar and then upping my damage. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I got it. I got it with the spear, which is what you have to do in order to get it with the sword. And the sword is the aspect of Arthur, and that alone should pretty much tell you the blade that I ended up getting. 
Oh, but, shit. Well, so yeah. what's the uh, what's the uh, the bonus on that? Are you, which so, one did you choose? You have you just have what like three or four options? Yeah. So aspect of Arthur, obviously that's Excalibur. Mm-hmm. So what it does is you get plus fifty hit points just off the top. Nice. Yeah. You also get the ability that when you do a special, you create this giant like consecrated area on the ground. And within that area, you get damage reduction and any enemies or projectiles that travel within that area, they are slowed down. Damn. (laughs) So it it starts at 20% and it goes up like 5% each level. So I think I have it at like 30%. And when, when I'm in the magma level and I get surrounded by the mages that are throwing just those barrages of purple orbs, yeah, I, I lay that sigil down, like all the orbs come in and damn near stop. And I'm just like, okay, let's see. And then the sword, I swing it at the orbs and it clears them. So I'm just like, boom, boom, boom. And then on top of that, the sword's moveset, the attacks, they convert to heavy attacks. So they're slower, but they have greater reach and just much bigger damage. <laughs> it's nice. nuts. It, it's it's a ridiculous weapon. Like every time I go in a room, I go right into a middle of a group of enemies, lay my sigil down. Whoever it doesn't kill, I'll knock them out in like a swipe or two. New enemies come in. I'm already on top of the first one, just beating the shit out of them. Sigil goes away, drop another sigil. <laughs> it's just keep it going, keeping everybody slow, keeping my damage reduction up. The, uh, ended up escaping like three or four more times. I think I need to escape another good five times in order to to see the credits. And yeah, man, just having a blast with it. Found how, there's how, some um, more at this point. How uh, consistently? Like, are you are you beating it pretty consistently, or is it still throwing some uh, difficulty at you? Uh, well, as I'm as I'm escaping, I'm also upping the heat level. Oh, sweet. Okay. Yeah. So it's not like I'm just playing it raw dog and, you know, just, just getting strong. ass. <laughs> yeah. Whooping ass. And yeah. Diablo in it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just keep whooping ass and getting stronger. And I'm like, all right, maybe I'll have the difficulty a little bit. <laughs> maybe I'll go to the next tournament. I don't know. But yeah, yeah with, with this one, it's I'm staying on the heat levels. And once I got to heat level four, I started getting problems from Theseus and Asterius. But I eventually got past them. You know, just had to be more be a bit more cognizant of how they're moving around yeah. and how to use my abilities. And uh, it's this sword is ridiculous. And once I get the the proper upgrades on it, the proper Daedalus hammer upgrades, it's just it can't be stopped. I'm whooping Hades ass like on my heels, just sloppy. <laughs> <laughs> have you uh, have you thought about trying any of the other weapons? Yeah, I want to unlock the other aspects. Like I'm I'm in I'm into the idea of unlocking as much or all the content if possible. Mm-hmm. So you know we'll see it's what like happens. Why, it's like your plan is like why not? <laughs> yeah. I've already demonstrated that I I have control over this game with the sword. All my escapes are with the sword. It's time to bury it up. Have you, have you completed styles. the uh, the list for the uh, for the sword as far as like you know talking to all the gods and getting all the the boons and all that stuff for it? What do you mean? Oh, you know, the the faded list. The yeah, faded, yeah, the exactly. Faded prophecy list. Yeah, uh, I don't think so. I think I'm like one or two things away. It's just getting those last things. Yeah, yeah. Part. 
So working on that, Sweet. and I'm just making sure to really lean into the, the different gods and things that I need in order to do it. Looking out for that icon get whenever duos. I'm on the screen. Get them duos. Get them yeah. legendaries. <laughs> <laughs> fishing. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's your fishing now. Yeah, fishing. Yeah. Getting all the getting all the extra resources is awesome. Uh, I, I wish I unlocked it earlier, but whatever, it's unlocked now. And one time I dropped in and Poseidon first boon I get is a legendary. It's like increased chance or like twenty percent chance of a fishing spot spawning in a chamber. And then there was. Toward the end of the run, like halfway through World 2 and then most of World 3, every other chamber I would go into, there was a fishing spot. And I was just like, God damn. It was like, ding, ding. I was like, yes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, because usually it's like maybe like one time like in each like in each like, I guess, level or world. Mm -hmm. That's great. No, yeah, that's um, I love that. It's just like. Just another thing, like in the game, like it's like out of nowhere. I'm like fishing now, and I'm like, oh, that's dope. Like, like I didn't expect to be fishing in Hades. Ah, hellfish. <laughs> yeah, like I just that's why I love that game. It just it's for a game like it. It completely, uh, you know, like for people who want to poo poo the the genre and say like ah, it's it's one note and yada yada like. Hades is like it's a repetitive. Yeah, Hades is like a prime example of like you the more you play the game, they just keep rewarding you with just new stuff that like you wouldn't have seen on any other run. And it's just like and like just when you think like you've seen everything, something else will happen. You're like, holy shit, like where did that come from? And so like that's what I that's what I absolutely love about Hades. Like it just keeps like growing as you play the game more. Yeah, I mean I got to heat I beat the game on heat level four. And then I'm going back in for another run, and I notice that Skelly's got something to say. Talk to him, and he's like, "Yeah, you know, you see those things over there now. You got you got a little more stuff to unlock." It's <laughs> like, wait a minute, what? Now there are these three, these three covered like statues in the room in the bottom right corner, right next to the door. And the first one I can't unlock until I beat the game on Heat Level Eight. So really. Damn, I need yeah. to jump back in the Hades. Yeah, still, <laughs> still gotta fight Kara. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, damn. I mean, I still gotta, I still gotta finish my dialogue with, uh, with. So I still gotta give all the gifts to like Achilles, Meg, Nyx, and three others in order yeah. to unlock the companions. Yeah, so that's uh, that's definitely one of the things I. I think I hit up most people, but I still had a few that I had to give at least one time to. And then the multiples, like that's just a whole other thing on top of it. But yeah, that game is absolutely amazing. I, I love it. Unlock summons. Like, what the hell's going on? <laughs> Need every competitive edge I can get. But what I, what I do, what I do love about. Oh yeah, sorry, I'm gonna say. I was gonna say, but AMC. What have you been playing? All right, and so I just continue with that point since I knew that's where you're going. Um, so I've been playing Wizard of Legend. Man, just yes. trying to get in as much work as I can on that game. I only got to do about three three runs this week, but uh, absolutely amazing. Um, I'm at the point now where I'm consistently getting. So there's basically three. We'll say worlds. It's all it's all based on like the elements, and it's always it's always random. Um, and so. Uh, but you run through three of them before you get to the final boss as of yet i have not made it to the final boss um but i'm now consistently making it to the third world and that boss which is basically 
you can run into that boss at any point but as you go through as you progress um the enemies just get new attacks and abilities and so say if like in one run the fire boss is on the first world uh the next run he may be on the third world and when i go to fight him on the third world he suddenly has all these new abilities because he's just you know he's later in the game which ends up being the case that they they give him more abilities so it's a lot of that like you can't really prepare based on previous encounters because if you see them later on you're now adjusting to a whole new set of attacks that you weren't expecting um which is fun uh and then i'm also still unlocking uh new spells there's just there's so many damn spells in this game which is like mm -hmm. definitely a uh a bonus uh one of the things i read when people were criticizing wizard of legend was you know um they're basically they're criticizing that there's like all these spells that are useless and i guess my counter to that is playing the game uh i've noticed that like as i'm unlocking different relics that have certain boosts and then getting different cloaks that have certain boosts i'm then finding that spells that i overlooked in the beginning i can now use again because they really take advantage of those uh those boosts on like the different like relics and cloaks that i can go out with so like you really like start like mixing and matching spells with cloaks and relics to really come up with like with a great build to go on a run with and so i would say that the people who are quickly judged like that like all the spells are useless i think they didn't really uh play enough of the game to really see that like they would later show some benefit and on top of that they um what's awesome is the game came out i think like two years ago i believe it was made by like, an indie team it's like a humble game and um they just put out an update uh i think last week and they added new spells um they, more useless spells yeah more useless spells uh some quality of life stuff and even with the relics um which i didn't know about the game this is what i was going to get at with like hades is that like there's so much there's like a lot of hidden stuff within roguelike games that like you just can't figure out like on the surface and like one of the things that they were saying is that the relics you can you uh if you because you can pick up relics as you're going through a run and you can actually get certain builds of relics so it's like if you get this gauntlet and this gauntlet then it makes the mighty gauntlet and then like you get certain things and none of that is indicated but what they did do which is cool is that they are uh, now they kind of say that like they'll say on the relic like this is part of this set and so you know like okay like i can couple this with another thing i just to figure out which relic goes with this and i'm sure if i looked it up on a wiki i can have all that information laid out for me but um yeah that's what like the one thing i love about like roguelikes is like anytime you think you have them figured out you realize that there's like just a little something more that the developer kind of tried to keep like hidden from you and i love that about that like it's almost like they're aware like with roguelikes to have like a lot of like content or a lot of information that is just not laid out for you you don't get like a you don't get a i guess an instruction manual or anything for roguelikes they just drop you off in the game you understand the premise of it and you kind of just learn <laughs> as you play the game and, and it, like um, ease yeah. you into it as well it's like there's there's a full-on way that the game is supposed to be and then they strip off layers of it and give it to you in stages as you begin to understand the game and overcome its challenges yeah it's like it's very subtle in that way and like i like, i think that's almost like why like people like when they look at these games they just like write them off because it just it seems so simple on the surface and as that, that thing that 
we always say is like uh, oh i figured it out and it's like but did you because <laughs> if you if you played like just a couple of runs of hades and thought you figured that game out you were basically missing out on a ton of ton of that game um like did you unlock excalibur <laughs> yeah exactly did you get a summit <laughs> yeah it's like i i completed like one like full run of hades and i was like okay like i kind of played a lot of it like i definitely want to come back and like learn more about the story and i I know i have these areas that i haven't unlocked but like i'm assuming that's it and then like every time i talk to you it's like oh and this thing happens it's like what like damn yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. and so it's like it's so i'm giving so assume like yeah the moment you start to anticipate stuff they hit you with like a curveball of like something that you didn't expect um and so yeah wizard of legend absolutely amazing i will say it's definitely one of the tougher games that i've played like i'm it's uh it's very punishing in that way um and maybe even with the quality of life stuff and updates that they had like some of the balancing that they've done they even have given more opportunities to get health uh which is a thing in hades like uh not in hades in wizard of legend like you'll just get on a run where you're taking out enemies and then you just come across like one bad encounter and then like you're kind of struggling and so it's like one of those things like you can never like kind of slack off at any of the point of the game like you can never get like too vain or too like sure of yourself like you have to always like stay on your p's and q's which is very similar to like something you would expect from like a like a souls type of game where even like the lowliest of minions could catch you off guard if you're not paying attention um and yeah wizard of legend does that really well like i like I'm almost trying to play to perfection. And because of that, like I'm always just uh, experimenting with different spells to not necessarily just go for damage, but go more for control. Cause if they throw out like a ton of mini uh, minions and what they do really well is you'll come into a certain area, minions will start spawning and they spawn like around you as opposed to like all in front of you. And so you're quickly like now trying to, and they'll close you off in that area. And so, like, sometimes it's, like, it'll be, like, a small, like, little space, and you have to just quickly figure out how you're going to kind of control that, like, little battlefield. Um, and so, yeah, there's there's a lot of strategy, but it's also, like, a lot of quick reactions, like, a lot of quick Twitch reactions. So, it's, it's a good balance and a really fun game. Um, that's all I got to say for today, A-Dub. Let's get right into these topics of the week. Topics of the week. Oh yeah, Ada. Do you wanna you wanna lead off this one? Do I wanna lead off this one? I'll, I'll, I'll ease this in slow. Let's just put the pinky toe in. Yeah, uh, we'll start off with some biomutant news. Mm. So, it has been reported that biomutant has not only sold over a million copies, damn, but they also turned a profit in the first week. In a week. In a week. Damn. <laughs> yes. So Biomutant sold over 1 million copies, according to Experiment 101, and they made their development cost back within its open week. This was confirmed by the developer's parent company, Embracer Group, in its Q1 interim report. Uh, the main revenue driver in the quarter was the release of Biomutant from their internal studio, Experiment 101. So far, the game is sold as much as we told you it's sold, and they made all their money back. Hopefully, this ensures that we will be getting a Bobby sequel, and this will give the developer all the time and resources necessary to address, you know, some of the things that could have been better and to improve upon the things that were already great. Bob Mutant is an excellent foundation for a, for a franchise, and it seems like the consumers agree. AMC, how does this news make you feel? I mean, yeah, a lot of good things here. One, um, even with like, I remember when you played it, like you said, you enjoyed it. There was just like, you know, 
there's there's some things that it was lacking and um to see that even with like some of like those see even with some of those flaws the game could still find success meaning that like uh, almost ensuring that there will be a sequel yeah as you're saying it gives the developer another chance another crack at it to really take the game to the next level and so to see like especially like when we see like a lot of these like you know smaller titles um when when they get that that sequel you you, you see those games really like take it to another level as we saw with like axiom verge 2 and some mm-hmm. of the games and so uh yeah it's, it's great that this is happening also uh, a nice a nice note for i believe what this game was was it like 40 bucks think so yeah and so i'm assuming um and so for a game that's like 40 bucks to a game at that price point to still be able to recoup its money um shows that it was also i guess also handled really well as far as like development and um you know all the stuff that goes into marketing which we'll get to we'll get into with another game um that didn't quite hit its mark uh and so yeah um, <laughs> uh just a great note for a small a small development team on a new a new ip um and you know setting up their future for future success yeah fun game it's turned out to be profitable recommend people getting a biomutant just if you're not uptight about all the little itty-bitty things that make a game come together. This one has a lot of content, a lot of different mechanics. It has charm. It's original. Why not? Especially if it's within your price point at this point in time, I would say give it a shot. Let's get into our next topic of the week. Topic, topic of, of the week. week. Uh, you know, I'll take this one. Since we're talking about Biomutant, let's uh, talk about another game. Um, uh, you know, it's right around that time, I guess what you were saying there, q1 earnings and so they're releasing all their financials and yeah this one was pointed out and (laughs) comments had to be made so this coming by way of the outriders dev and they basically it was reported that they have not received any royalties since the launch of the game from square enix so this coming by way of Eurogamer, sit tight i got a little read in here to do so as far as royalties for outriders goes royalties would be paid to people can fly the uh, publisher and developer or the, the uh, sorry, the developer of Outriders. If the net receipts from the sales of Outriders yielded the pre-agreed level of returns from Square Enix on the costs incurred relating to quality assurance, distribution, and marketing. The deadline for this royalty payment from Square Enix was 45 days from the end of the calendar quarter, which expired on August 14th. August 15th came, no check showed up. Uh, so here, here we go. This was in the report. There are no grounds for the publisher to pay royalties to the company for the period from April 1st, 2021 through June 30th, 2021. Mm. So um, this now a comment from the president of People Can Fly, the publisher. I oh, thought you were about to say the president. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you got these semiconductors. Uh, yeah, so... Uh, so the president of People Can Fly commented, we don't have any sales figures for Outriders. We estimated at between two and three million units and assumed that this was a result that would ensure profitability for this project in the first quarter of sales. The lack of payment by the publisher probably means that, according to Square Enix, this is not the case. Um, 
Failure to achieve the level of profitability may also mean that the costs incurred by the publisher are higher than expected. Um, so that was all the story. I did a little researching myself because I was trying to figure out uh, the fact that they have no idea how many copies the game sold. Um, I did look at May NPD. And so this is following up on your story. And this is why I wanted to do this one right after. Um, Biomutant debuted in May and didn't make the top 10 for you know best-selling games of the year i believe it debuted for uh, uh at 15th in may but didn't make uh the top 10 for the year and at that point I, outriders was number seven for the year <laughs> so they at least they at least sold one million at that point so uh yeah who knows <laughs> but uh yeah, yeah, dear. <laughs> yeah but there's definitely um you know there's some beef that like between I, I'm guessing the publisher and the developer at this point where Outriders is like, basically like what's going on here, how much money went into, you know, the marketing behind this game or the, the QA and the distribution, all that stuff. Um, and who knows? And, you know, we'll, we'll see, we'll see this kind of play out. <laughs> uh, and like, why should the developer be on the hook for the amount of money that the publisher decides to spend marketing their game? Yeah, exactly. It's, well, it's that like, it's that, there we we want our investment back but it's like well <laughs> what what was that number because we want to know what it was that needed to get hit and if we sold anywhere near that and the thing is and this is the kind of confusing part about it is that square enix at the launch of outriders said that it was a commercial success yeah. so <laughs> that the game was selling well <laughs> that it turned a profit yeah that um, it recovered its costs yeah and <laughs> And so, uh, I mean, and it just shows also the difference in a, a game like Biomutant um, basically sold a million copies and broke even, as opposed to a game like Outriders. Um, you, you you wonder how much went into, um, you know, getting that game out there um, that it would that it wouldn't even be near breaking even at this point. So we'll see more to follow. Well, I mean, how, how, how do you feel about this whole situation? Uh, it's... it's it, uh. It's a tough call. It sucks. As the thing that baffles me most is how the developer doesn't have any sales data. That just doesn't make any kind of sense to me because you would figure that your publisher would be sharing internal data like that with the with a portion of the company that developed the product. Like, how are they supposed to know how to like like what to put into their next product if they don't have any idea how this one is doing commercially like all this information needs to be available that as an accountant that just bothers the hell out of me so <laughs> <laughs> that that's number one uh number two is yeah it's it's weird man I just there really isn't a number two. It's more of a 1.5. This is overall this whole situation is weird. I really don't know what to say. So I'm hoping that you know more news will come to light and eventually the developer will get what's coming to them if anything's coming to them because you're gonna pay what you owe. <laughs> you know what I'm yeah, about. and I guess what's uh, another thing that's kind of confusing about this whole situation is that so if Square Enix was you know pretty high on Outriders after launch, like just based on like what they were seeing from their standpoint. But if they haven't broken even, what does that mean for a sequel? <laughs> like, uh, yeah, because the Square Enix was very like you know positive, especially like on the heels of what uh, Avengers, which that didn't seem to do so well. Um, as far as like if we're comparing like you know live service games, uh, yeah, um, it's it's interesting to what where this 
what this indicates for the future of Outriders, uh, and I guess people can fly moving forward. I mean, maybe they made their development dollars back, but just not their marketing dollars. Yeah, so uh, maybe that's right. a, it's a it's a success in that regard that it it made more than it costs to make, but it still has costs to recover. Yeah, which so, is yeah. deceptive in its own way. <laughs> yeah, uh, first troll says. I played it on Game Pass because I didn't think it was worth spending money on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Jesus. Oh. And that's, I mean, that's like another part of it, too, is like, and how much did Square Enix get from Microsoft, <laughs> like, to put it, to have it debut day one on Game Pass? Because the assumption mm-hmm. is they're comp- like who, I don't know how they're compensated as far as Game Pass goes, but the assumption is if you're going day one on Game Pass, there's some type of compensation uh, worked out there. And regardless of if it came out on Game Pass, it's still charted on NPD on top of that. So there's money here, but apparently it's not enough. So I don't know. I don't know how much they had to sell to break even for this game, but it's it's it seems like Square Enix is kind of you know being a little cagey with how they're uh, divvying out their cash to their, their developers. <laughs> Next troll says, what's going to be funny is watching the Xbox fans bag on this game after bragging about how great of a Game Pass game it was. <laughs> In response to that, yeah, I remember how it was the best game ever when it came on Game Pass day one. Now the narrative will change because it turned out to be mediocre. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and th- this is not to pour salt in the wound of People Can Fly, of Outriders. I've heard actually much more great things about the game than anything negative. You know, I saw some things that I wasn't a fan of when, you know, the reviews came out. But at the same token, I've heard a lot of things that I very much was a fan of. And I'd be able to overlook those shortcomings of the game in order to enjoy. Uh, yeah, it's it's just one of those weird stories. I mean, the games industry is evolving and changing game pass is a factor now and making deals with that is going to introduce a whole bunch of different vectors like there's going to be money exchange but there's not necessarily going to be sales to back it up and depending on contract terminology and what defines a sale and who gets a portion of what and who's entitled to this or that it's just getting murky isn't that kind of like what's going on with like scarlett johansson and like disney right now well, that was just straight up Disney said one thing in the contract. It was like, fuck wow. that. Pandemic, homie. Fuck you and your box office, buddy. We getting that max money. We getting that plus money. It didn't mean to implicate, didn't implicate HBO. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, as you're saying, like, it's, um, it's interesting to see how you know, the publishers are defining success as opposed to the devs in these type of situations. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You might end up seeing the birth of a new independent studio out of this. So who mm-hmm. knows? Finally get to see their sales data. Yeah. All right. Well, let's keep it going. Next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Well, I'll take this one. So we, we got a little bad news. A little, little dark cloud on a sunny day. A little setback, a little little snafu, a little little oopsie daisy, a little little boo boo. <laughs> Halo Infinite will be released without campaign co-op or forge at launch. Uh. Uh. 
<laughs> we don't even know the release. We don't even have a do we have a release date yet either? No, we don't. <laughs> Game was delayed like a whole year. Yeah. It's finally like it was delayed a whole year because people didn't like the way the a gorilla face looked. <laughs> <laughs> like that's really what this boiled down to. People didn't like how a gorilla face looked. Like, it just looks like Halo. Yeah, I mean, fair, uh, I guess the fair thing to say is I know a lot of speculation is uh, at Gamescom they'll announce the date, but it's this isn't great on top of it. Yeah, but keep going with your with your story today. So uh, quoted from three four three in their August video update on their official YouTube channel, the head of creative Jason Staten has said, unfortunately, as we focused the team for shutdown and really focused on a quality experience for launch, we made the really tough decision to delay shipping campaign co-op for launch. And we also made the tough call to delay shipping Forge past launch as well. So they confirmed that the team is taking a season over the schedule for the campaign co-op and Forge, while Halo Infinite will launch with the single player mode and the season one of multiplayer Staten says the team is aiming to release campaign co-op in season two and forge in season three. AMC, how does this alter your plans for the future? <laughs> well, I don't have an Xbox, so I can't say it alters my plans at all. Um, I, I, if I had it, maybe me and you would have been playing co-op at some point. If you plan on getting <laughs> halo infinite, not anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, uh, um, I mean, like we, we were discussing in a pre-show, and like I still find it very true. It's like I'm never really thinking to like if I'm playing co-op in a game, it's usually after I've beaten it, unless yeah. it's a game that I intended to play co-op, like you know, like a girlfriend game, like right yeah. out the gate. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I'm never playing co-op like right when I start playing a game. But you know, people like their options, and um, I I can understand. It's um, you know, it's just not. A good sign as far as like a game that's already been delayed and now you're you're delaying certain certain parts of it um hopefully that this is all a sign that they're intent on hitting this holiday deadline and so they're just kind of cutting out whatever fat doesn't need to be there yeah. uh, in order to have a game that is you know just up and running working well and you know fully fleshed out and so um I, I can get I get it and hopefully it's it is like an indication that there are no delays in the future for the game itself it's just a fact that like they didn't have this thing like shored up and you know what why launch it with something that people are going to shit on so I, I have no problem with this we've seen what like GTA launch without multiplayer yeah. and then it ends up being the thing that sells the game for years and years to come so the most popular multiplayer experience of all time yeah so i mean i i have no issues with this but you know for the people who were i'll say this the first time i ever played halo on the xbox the og xbox it was through uh through co-op and so i know a lot of people like playing co-op with halo and so that can be a downer but for me personally i don't really give a shit how about yourself uh, personally, I don't give a shit either. Like you said, when I get games, I'm playing through that single player first before I delve into any kind of co-op. And if I do delve into co-op, that's on a separate file at a separate time because you got to get two people to line up. You're not going to want to play the same time I want to play, and I'm not going to want to play the same time you're going to want to play. We might get a weekend in. But Monday through Friday, I'm getting me some Halo on. Uh, I'm definitely interested in this game this doesn't alter my plans to get it the only thing that does alter my plans to get any individual game is the release of another individual game uh, forza horizon 5 comes out 
in what November, I believe. So mm. that's that's what I'm going to be doing for the rest of the year and <laughs> most of 2022 <laughs> until Starfield comes out. Well, no, nah, take that back until Elden Ring comes out, which is until God of War comes out, which is until Starfield comes out. So th- those are my big hitters. I know Horizon's going to be interspersed, hopefully later this year, maybe sometime early 2022, who knows? But yeah, that's my slate. Halo's got some work to do to get back on my table. You know, it's just been a very long time since I've gone into that franchise. But you know, there are other people who really wanted a big old help in a, a Halo slathered in gravy, yeah. cornbread. And they're just like, oh, you're, you're taking sides off my plate. You're just giving me, you're just giving me the gravy. <laughs> Yeah, no, no potatoes, just gravy. And no brisket. <laughs> <laughs> we got troll of the week. week. Troll, troll of the week. week. Uh, troll of the week. week. What? Week, week. Uh, week, week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so as you can tell, today's trolls are coming sideways at Halo Infinite. Infinite. <laughs> Infinite. <laughs> hey, Halo Infamous at this point. <laughs> Shipping without its co-op mode or its forage mode, first troll says. And to think, they almost released this game a year ago. Mm. They did almost release this game a year uh-huh. ago. Dale, can you imagine? I know, <laughs> they, yeah. Especially after how uh was it that Master Chief collection went? Yeah. Um they 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 need to make sure that this Halo game comes out like just squeaky clean at launch. <laughs> The Master Chief Collection that came out, it needed like, what, a 20 to 50 gig day one patch to add the rest of the game. <laughs> and still didn't work right. <laughs> it still didn't work right. Oh, man, it was, yeah. that was a lot. So, you know, this also raises other questions, though, because, like I said, they were trying to release last year, which makes me think that all this stuff, you know, conspiracy theory corner time, all this stuff was ready to go. I'm thinking that because of the negative feedback that they got, that there's anticipation that people are going to just automatically be so negative about this game that it's going to be the target of a bunch of like refunds, returns, and trade-ins. So it might be possible that they're staggering the release of wanted features in order to get people to keep their game longer so they can't do that. Yeah, it's, it's controlling that cycle, that that yeah. news flow. Yeah, y'all want to be negative about it? All right, be yeah. negative about it. <laughs> we'll just make you hold on to your game a little longer. We're going to protect that revenue stream, motherfucker. <laughs> Next show says, there's something seriously wrong with the way games are made these days. Uh. No, there, there's nothing wrong with the way games are made these days. What's wrong is the way people react to the news of how they're being made, which is why a lot of people have no business following video games in their development cycles in the first place, because number one, you don't understand what the term development means. It means that it's not complete. It means that everything is subject to change. It means that they haven't made a promise. So you can't take it as a guarantee. It's gonna change. At the end of the day, the product's gonna be what the product is. They never said, it's going to ship day one for co-op. What they said is we're making an open world Halo and we're shooting for a holiday release. 
I was going to say, uh, returning back to conspiracy, conspiracy corner with a dub, you know, I wonder if you put my name on it. A <laughs> dub's conspiracy corner. With um, a dub and only a dub. <laughs> um, I wonder if they anticipated people only getting Game Pass to beat Halo, basically, and then you know unsubscribe. And so this is a way to keep them on Game Pass for a couple months. Uh, mm. <laughs> Because they know people are going to try to get that that Game Pass discount, so it's like, ah, oh, nah, you're gonna you're gonna get all <laughs> you're gonna get all that Game Pass. Right, you're gonna get all that ultimate. <laughs> <laughs> Next troll says, ah, in other words, oh wait a minute, did that? Yeah. Next troll said, ah, in other words, they're rushing to get something out. That's a shame. Rushing to get out a game that they've worked on for what? Six years, something like that. Delayed a year. Delayed it a whole year. <laughs> rushing. <laughs> uh, instead of rushing, maybe they're taking the parts of the game that make it complete and they're putting that out so that people can enjoy it. And then the parts that add to the complete experience, they're putting out when they get that stamp of approval, that mm. seal of quality. Maybe because we're capable of receiving this stuff later on instead of them having to press up another disc and charge us more money for it. And that's another thing. They're not charging us for this. This is free. So there's really no reason to complain. It's, yo, this stuff is coming later. It's like, okay, well, I'm either going to buy the game day one or I'm going to buy it when the thing that I want it is going to buy it. You see, as a consumer, you have all the options and freedom here. You can just sit back and wait until the game is in a condition that you're ready to spend money on. And who loses in that situation? Microsoft and 343. They're the ones with something to lose here. So, rushing? <laughs> it, it, sound, it sounds like, like you're in no rush to buy the game, so who gives a care how it comes out? It doesn't even matter. Like You must have it. Uh, uh, next roll. I'm hyped to swap for the multiplayer, but have absolutely no hope for the campaign. They should delay to 2022. <laughs> Damn. Next roll says, it's obviously not ready and very rushed. 343 is probably crunching hard right now. Jason's getting ready. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> got, the, got the Twitter fingers. <laughs> you, you think the day before the game comes out that Jason Shearer article hits? Hey, the the development hell of Halo Infinite, Infinite Hell. <laughs> you, you know he's uh, he's looking all for all the crunch, like any any it. signs of crunch. You know he's he's ready to go. Yeah, Microsoft abusing you? Yeah. <laughs> Were you involved with the development of Halo Infinite between the years of 2015 and 2021? <laughs> Maybe entitled to a settlement. <laughs> Next show says, "Why the hell would I want a campaign at all if I can't play co-op?" Just finish the whole damn game before you release it. How about you just wait until co-op comes out until you buy it? Problem solved. Next troll says, that just sounds like a mess. No, it just sounds like development. Wait until it's not a mess and you'll be fine. Next troll says, 343 has to be the most incompetent developer ever. Unlimited resources and time and can't even deliver half as much content as Bungie could. 
Unlimited. Unlimited. <laughs> Whenever Microsoft is involved, there's always this unlimited thought. It's like Microsoft isn't using all of its money and resources on the development of a single game. Mm-hmm. There is a limit. It has a budget. There is a set number. It's, there's not unlimited. Stop with this unlimited shit. Yes, Microsoft as a multinational billion dollar corporation has a lot of money. They don't even have unlimited money. It's just a lot. Xbox division does not have unlimited money. 343 does not have unlimited money. The budget for Halo Infinite does not have unlimited money. money. (laughs) They do not have unlimited time. (laughs) There is a deadline and they pushed it back a year. So they're taking all the time that they can. They put in about as much money as they're going to put into this thing. It's going to be done one way or another and People are just going to have to deal with it. Next troll says, how is it possible that an entire development company working on only one game can't deliver it in full after having an extra year of time? This isn't GTA or some other complex open world game. Uh, yeah, it is. Because it's open world. This is area and territory that the Halo franchise has never ventured into. So this is all new to this developer. And with new things come new problems. They're running into technical hitches, the likes of which they have never experienced before. It's also kind of interesting that this article came out at the same time as an IGN article detailing the little issues that developers run into when making a video game. It was based on, I think it was based on like an original question on Twitter, like how difficult is it to make a door or something like that that was posed to the games industry and they got just tons of responses of all the various problems that are associated with just putting something as simple as a door in a video game like oh you, you gotta put it in you gotta make sure it's tall enough that the characters can fit through it and if it opens like what happens if you collide with it <laughs> like what's what are the physics it should it open at all should it just be a thing and you just transition So then they did this article where more developers are talking about more problems that are in games. And it was, it was very eye opening. Like one of them was talking about elevators in games where they said like, okay, so you have this elevator and you think it's pretty simple. It's just this thing that goes up and down, but you know, you got to go there, you push a button and it has to get there, but you got to determine how fast it gets there. If it's too slow, the player gets bored. If it's too fast, it might cause problems. And then it has to go up. And then you have to simulate whether it's going to go to different floors. And if it's going to take too long, there are people that are going to get upset. And then what if it, What if you have the elevator and somebody gets underneath it while it's coming down and they're going to get squashed? Or what if they get on top of it as it's going up? They're going to get squashed. What if they, they step out? And it's in any individual element of a video game, there are a laundry list of questions, concerns, possibilities, and things that need to be handled in a particular way in order for those things to work. I mean, people people really think that this shit is easy. People really think that it's, you know, the, the article even referenced how a lot of people will comment on a problem that a developer presents online and with the answer, well, why don't you just do this? And it's like, yeah, if we could just do that, we'd do that. But we can't do that because it's more complicated than that. And 
when you start talking about hitboxes, when you start talking about physics, like there was a, there was an example about moving platforms. Like what if you're, what if you're standing on two moving platforms going in the opposite direction? Like which, which platform is the one you get stuck on? Does it tear the player in half? What happens? <laughs> so there are just, there are, they're creating worlds and physics and animations and interactions that don't exist. They're fabricating this stuff one-off every single time in order for it to function within this unique world that they've crafted. People really gotta come around to at least educating themselves in some way of how game development works, the kind of problems people run into and learning how to sympathize with this process. Like if, it was, if it wasn't difficult, they wouldn't be taking years and tens of millions of dollars to make these products. They would come out almost on a conveyor belt effortlessly and perfect every time. Like the fact that games still have problems, still have development issues, still have delays, still have bugs and glitches is the surest sign of even to this day, despite the, the greater ease of use and the greater usability of development tools, the better hardware, the more resources they have to work with, the more money, the greater talent that's available to a given project, how difficult all of it still is. Cut them some slack, chill the fuck out. Next troll says, and the last troll says, I called this one. I knew it wouldn't be released this year. And shut up. A partial release might as well just be a beta. Man, 343 is the dirt worst. He hit you with a shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Already knows just the flames are coming. <laughs> shut up. And shut up. <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, no, we ain't shutting up. You can shut up. Because you're over here belly bitching, giving these developers a hard time. They're trying to give you the thing that you want. They could have put it out last year. And a lot of people would have been upset. And they decided we're going to take another year to try to tighten this shit up. So cut them some slack. Sympathize with the process. Hope that they can get it done on time. And hope that it's up to the standard that we all expect. AMC, you got anything? I mean... The only thing I'd say is something that we we were talking about before this is that, you know, all these motherfuckers that talk about RIP single player and games are going in the wrong direction, everything's multiplayer. The moment that you're told that you have to play a campaign single player, it's oh, I I didn't get this game for single player. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. So all those motherfuckers can shut the hell up and when you only get multiplayer games remember this moment yeah you had the chance to support a game when it was only single player yeah <laughs> troll of the week troll of the week all right let's get into this next topic of the week uh, can i run to the restroom real quick oh yeah sure and we are back all right next topic of the week uh, topic of the week Oh, this one. This story should just have been Fortnite added a new mode. But it's because of the mode that they added that it became a story. Um, now, hold a- on, because at first it was just Fortnite added a new mode. <laughs> <laughs> and then once that started making the rounds, then it became a story. Yes. So that being that, Fortnite added an imposter mode. Which, huh, imposter mode, what does that mean? And then once you play it, then you realize this feels a lot 
this feels very familiar. Actually, this feels very familiar to another game that's really popular right now. What? An indie game that's really popular right now. What? Uh, that game being Among Us. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to go into the details, but Fortnite put out a mode that is basically the game Among Us, but it's Fortnite. <laughs> and so, um, you know, there's there's a little bit of backlash from the developers of Among Us, which I have right here. And, you know, a lot of debate and we'll get into we'll get into that after this. But so the 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 community manager of from Among Us, the developer being Inner Sloth, Victoria Tran commented, it would have been really, really cool to collab like game mechanics. Fine. Those shouldn't be gatekept. But at least, at the very least, even different themes or terminology makes things more interesting. So, you know, that's uh, that's at least saying, like, hey, they should have, like, reached out to us, talked to us. We, we would have helped them out with this uh, new mode. And maybe we could have, like, done something with, like, the Among Us characters within the game or, you know, at least help it dif- differentiate. So that one, you know, not as bad. Now, this from the co-founder of Inner Sloth. Now, listen to this name, Dub. Marcus Bromander. <laughs> How awesome is his name, bro? I wish I wish that D was a C. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so Bromander also chimed in <laughs> and said the company hadn't patented Among Us mechanics for the good of the industry, but wish Epic had been a little more creative with Fortnite's imposter mode. He commented, Is it really that hard to put 10% more effort into putting your own spin on it though? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, yeah. I just, that, I just wanted to say before you continue, his his name sounds like a Pokemon. A Bromander? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds like a character in Broforce. It's a bro. Yeah. <laughs> he, he evolves into just like a super bro. Super bro. I'm Bromander. He, he's, he's the leader of the bros. <laughs> he, he evolves into a right wing extremist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bromander. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I don't know. So th- that's that's pretty much it with this story. Um, the only other comment that I had was that it's kind of funny how like you know things are always punching up. Whether it's you know this indie developer punching up at Fortnite for stealing its basically game mode that makes that's pretty much the game, but then you also have at the same time Epic suing Apple because Apple is way too big, and so you know it's whoever is bigger is kind of like the um, the whipping boy. And so in this I don't know, in this situation, I mean, how do you feel about you know, Fortnite adding in a mode from another game. Well, I feel it's... it's, In general. I feel it's a reflection of the overall attitude and approach that's been taken by Epic with the Fortnite IP ever since it came along. Like, first it was the dances and things that people were trying to get their credit for and get royalties for. It's like, no, it's just a dance. You can't patent a dance. And so they're putting these dances in, they're putting price tags on these dances and they're not changing them. <laughs> they're just making all this money off of other people's creative input and that they're giving no credit or no royalties to. But now this time it's actually hitting property and you know, to the credit of the developers of Among Us, they've noted that you know, it goes against the spirit of development to patent certain things so they do that. And sure enough, Epic's like, well, we'll just put it at our game. Then. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, 
it, it goes against the spirit, but at the same token, it's moves like this that push developers to then patent their ideas in a more restrictive manner. And then it just introduces a whole new level of red tape and litigation and, and things like that when it comes to using certain ideas, because like who, who invented jumping and, you know, does every game that allows characters to jump now have to pay some kind of a third party middleware fee or something for that idea. It's like where, like how, how is anybody supposed to, how's anybody supposed to get credit for and protect their ideas in a collaborative medium while at the same token, you know, still being able to share and offer their stuff. Like the least they could have done was notify them, ask them, at least clear it with them. Like it isn't as if they're going to gouge them on the price. Like they're an indie developer. Like they're, they probably just be happy that someone as large as Epic in a franchise as large as Fortnite would even want to pay homage to them in that manner. But to just straight up jack their mode like that and then to put it on a map that, you know, maybe they swapped a couple of rooms with by and large, just the same fucking map. It's it like the like the founders of the the studio behind Among Us said, it's like could you have just put in a little more effort to put your own stamp on it and, you know, let it be that, yeah, this is very similar to Among Us, not, oh, this is just Among Us and you just swagger jack their whole shit. Yeah, it's a, it's, yeah, as, as like, as he was pointing out, it's like, it just seems a little lazy in that, uh, like you think about like even Fortnite, like Battle Royale, a Battle Royale mode isn't original. Like, um, so many people, so many other developers took that idea of battle morale, battle morale and either put it in their game or made a game based around it, which is perfectly fine. But I guess what Fortnite did, which was like good, is that like they added in this whole building mechanic, which like you didn't see in a lot of other battle royale games. And so it kind of like made that game stand out in comparison to say like PUBG or any of the other, you know, dozens of games that have a battle royale mode. Um, stamp on it. Yeah, exactly. It's, it is interesting. Like, um, so is there, do you differentiate, say, a genre, a style of game as far as like, you know, like roguelike, um, like that, that's different from this type of situation as uh, like when you're thinking about like modes for a game? Yeah, I would say that it's different because it's people making games that are inspired by rogue and adhere to the general design of rogue. It's a very rigid, it's a very rigid genre, and yet within that rigidity you have these very different very like unique and original titles that come from it it's not like people are trying to recreate rogue they're just taking the elements that made rogue special and are making some making their own special projects upon that framework this is taking among us and putting it in fortnite mm, yeah <laughs> which is which is way different yeah. And you can't like help but like see the irony of them, you know, in the in the midst of suing Apple, and then even like some of the decisions like people have said that they've made to, you know, to um, try to combat or yeah, try to combat Steam with all the the exclusivity deals and people saying like oh they're anti consumer, so it, it is um it is kind of funny that they're in this situation right now and maybe maybe it is like just a sign of like the company where they're just like fuck it like 
we're, we're all about maximizing profits and yeah. we don't really care how we do it by um, any means yeah by any means necessary um yeah because when i first saw the story i definitely had that thought like ah oh, whatever i mean somebody was gonna do it like um i wouldn't be surprised if gta doesn't have it eventually but um there is a part like i totally get where they're like especially for Fortnite, a company like a game that's collabed with just about everybody why not just it's especially this indie studio like if anybody needs it more than like having kratos in your game or i don't know travis scott like like this like this indie Mm -hmm. developer who pretty much like you know um hit lightning in a bottle and uh ended up having like one of the biggest like games because of like you know it's a online it's it's streaming success um you know why not yeah why not you know throw them a bone and maybe just do some type of collab but give them their flowers yeah exactly and i I mean and we have seen this situation with like certain things being patented like where like the nemesis system was patented and we have not seen the nemesis system (laughs) in years because of that and it's like it's kind of unfortunate and so yeah like it's um it it does suck that they like kind of just stepped in but it's also part of the game it's like one of those things like sucks to be you but also kind of like have some self-awareness at least if you're trying to like sue other people for being anti-competitive and being too big like you might want to like you know turn the mirror on yourself every now and yeah then. <laughs> you might want to check yourself before you wreck yourself, yourself. <laughs> yeah <laughs> let's move on to the uh next story um do you have any other i just have one quick hit uh do you want to do the ocean oriented one or the land oriented one uh, I can do the ocean-oriented one. <laughs> well, then I'll take us on land, and you better fasten your safety belts because Quake Remaster has been officially revealed. But not just that; it's already out, <laughs> and not just that, but it's coming to PC, Xbox One, Xbox Series X, and S soon as a free upgrade. And that's it, right? No, it's not it. What? It's also on Nintendo Switch. What? But that's it, right? And <laughs> PS4. Uh, <laughs> and what? coming to PS5 soon is a free upgrade. <laughs> damn. Damn. So when Bethesda said, or when Microsoft and Bethesda said, case by case basis, we didn't do this deal to take games away from people. We didn't, we didn't just want to buy exclusives. <laughs> they meant that shit. <laughs> yeah, <I know. laughs> because we're getting the Quake remaster on all consoles. It's already out. It's getting free upgrades for the current gen consoles. So rejoice. Get back into some Quake. Shake things up. AMC, how do you feel about this? They're pretty good. Um, and it just shows like how they're just viewing, you know, like certain games different. Like everybody has their like, you know. The Xbox fanboys had their thing where they were just like, yep, here we go. No, nothing from Bethesda is coming out on Ever. the console. Moving Ever. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Ever. And then there's even, um, there's a story that we didn't like cover, like one of the, like I think last week or so with uh, Double Fine and was the Psychonauts. And I believe that they're not doing a like PS5 like port or whatever or not port, mm-hmm. you know like native game or whatever but they are going to do one for the xbox series x and yeah. s and so people were saying like oh that's not fair yada yada like we'll just totally get, fair. 
yeah, we're just getting a PS4 version. Um, and then to see here that they are doing a free upgrade for the PS5 version of Quake Remastered um, natively. Uh, so that's like, it, it is showing that they are really looking at this as a case-by-case situation. Mm-hmm. And I think, that, I think that's cool because basically it keeps people on their toes. And when you're out there, when people are out there, you know, saying, you know, you can't have, you can't make these declarative statements of, this is a guarantee to not end up on a Sony console. You just have more and more examples of where it happened to be the case that, yeah, Microsoft didn't make that choice to, you know, go console exclusive mm-hmm. or, or hardware exclusive. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, um, the story, once again, good for the consumer and good for all those people trying to get, you know, trying to set in their camps and, and talk that shit from the sideline. <laughs> so the game's going to be available with up to 4K resolution as well as enhanced models, dynamic and color lighting, anti-aliasing, depth of field, and the original soundtrack and theme song by Trent Reznor. Uh. Uh. <laughs> awesome. Oh, man. You should get into Quake back in the day? No. <laughs> I, uh, I know people like love Quake. I never got into it myself. I, it has its own con. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, we'll, we'll, we'll do this uh, final story, final topic of the week. Final, Final topic, topic of week. Week, 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 week. Sea of Thieves hit 4.8 million players or hit an all-time high in June. So here we go. It's been over a month since we released Sea of Thieves, A Pirate's Life, Into the Wild, Blue Yonder as part of Season 3. And since that emotional launch day, we've been bowled over by the response from Sea of Thieves community. All this, all this excitement resulted in our busiest ever month on the seas with June seeing 4.8 million active pirates on the waters that coming from the uh, Sea of Thieves blog. So yeah, um, I always like to follow up on Sea of Thieves because <laughs> whenever people write off games of service, uh, there's there's no room for these. Why is there another one? Nobody likes to play these games. Uh, and then and then years later, you see almost damn near five million players playing that 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 tired trash. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's all I got though. A dub. Do you have any final words before we get out of here? According to a tweet from the official Sea of Thieves Twitter, in the wake of record numbers of pirates taken to the seas, creative director at Chappers Chapman offers a heartfelt thank you on behalf of the team for our community's response to Sea of Thieves, a pirate's life. Cheers. <laughs> Yar. Yar, matey. Because, <laughs> like, didn't they have that, that Pirates of the Caribbean? Yeah, Pirates of Life. So, yeah, yeah, yeah they, they definitely did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they're putting their work in. It's not like it's... It's not like it's a bad game. It's not like it's lacking on content. Sea of Thieves is there. And if you want to play it, you can play it. 4.8 million people wanted to play it recently. So, hey, that's, that shows, one, the staying power and long-term viability of games of this nature. And, you know, let's be honest here. I was not very high on Sea of Thieves when it was released or when it came out or over the years as it's been out. But I'm also not a hater. So I can appreciate the Sea of Thieves has found its fan base, found its success, and the developers continue to pump content in it to make more people come over, come aboard, as they would say on the high seas. (laughs) (laughs) And 
to keep people happy with that Pirates life. So I'm very happy for this game. I'm very happy for this style of game. It's awesome. People have been clamoring for an open world pirate game forever. They wanted Rockstar to make it. They celebrated Assassin's Creed Black Flag. You know, they're looking forward to these other pirate games that came out that you know haven't been spoken of since they've been revealed. I can't even think of their names, but Sea of Thieves has stuck around and has only grown in popularity. That is something to be celebrated. Games as a service, here to stay, get used to it. Anything else, A-Dub, before we get out of here? Nah, son. Well, this is Control Issues. I am the AMC. And this is A-Dub. We are Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Sucker.